The COVID-19 impact has been seen everywhere. In India, around 250 million students have been affected due to school closures at the onset of lockdown induced by COVID-19. The pandemic posed several challenges in public and private schools, which included an expected rise in dropouts, learning losses, and increase in digital divide. But since its outbreak two years ago, the COVID-19 pandemic has disrupted education systems globally, affecting the most vulnerable learners the hardest. Due to COVID-19, many changes came into our world, and it has taken many a long time to adapt to the new normal. The cumulative effects of the pandemic could have a long-term impact on an entire generation of students. Ms. Pallavi Mishra has been contributing actively to the international education in various roles and has been serving as a principal for the last seven years. She is an IB evaluation leader and has successfully spearheaded the authorization process for all the three IB programs, establishing the first IB continuum school in Chennai, Tamil Nadu. Prior to Okrit, she has been associated with four other top IB schools in India. She has a master's degree in English from the prestigious Miranda House at Delhi University. Ms. Mishra is UGC Net qualified, a certified teacher mentor by UK Keel University, and holds a diploma in English World Literature course from Austin, Texas, USA, and business leadership program from the prestigious Indian Institute of Management, Bangalore. She has been celebrated as the top 50 principals and educators by Education World CEO Insights Magazine. and euclids um welcome to threading thoughts i am so thrilled to have uh, ms pallavi mishra with us today and it's an honor to have you uh, we are so glad uh, that you know things seem to be coming to normal but not exactly so we are very thrilled at threading thoughts to have you and thank you so much for taking time off thank you mridula the pleasure is mine i can't wait to get started with you <laughs> <laughs> i can assure you it, the pleasure is completely ours but uh, to uh, you know something that we really want to sort of understand a little more given that you've struggled mm-hmm. through these very very difficult times so the very core of uh, you know interactive learning has been challenged right in these pandemic times so what are some key initiatives generally schools or perhaps you particularly also schools mm-hmm. and educators have encouraged you know to face these challenges of online teaching right Uh, it could be structural it could be even day to day management from both sides right from the student and as well as administrative mm-hmm. let me begin by saying that the most important core element of teaching which is personalized attention whether it is in offline teaching or in online that cannot get compromised right so that's been our focal point uh, in in designing the entire teaching and learning and in how we approach it even in the online hybrid model so uh, that keeping that at the center of our education strategy we built around it so then next for personalized teaching we've used um, tech which enables teachers to you know uh, manage and navigate these very turbulent times and we've had you know if you've not just had hybrid learning we've actually have had transitions back and forth right so we've been we've been in <laughs> you know this uh, virtual full virtual then suddenly oh partially virtual and partially in school and then suddenly in school and back i think what it has done and i i really think that the the brighter side of this entire process has strengthened the education system and has overhauled it uh, for the better because one we realize that um, you know we ha- have to because change is something people resist 
this change would have been so um, painful and slow over the years if it hadn't happened like this. So now you see even very traditional schools talking about making teaching and learning far more progressive than it was ever before. So coming back to your question of what are the specific steps we took, one is, like I said, we decided that we will not compromise on personalized um, attention and teaching because even if it's offline, getting the children to be, you know, convincing them to keep the cameras on, communicating with them, having phone calls, doing well-being check-ins. That's something we did very, very consciously where, you know, we had like picnic lunches. These are all student initiatives. Or we also made sure that there are certain times, 15 minute break between classes where we are just talking to each other. How are you? Is everything okay? Is somebody is having COVID. Okay, it'll get better. So we, we made sure that teaching was not simply delivering the curriculum, right. but also, uh, you know, taking the the understanding the environment and making a very positive environment uh, even in online teaching that's one two we re recognize that parents are very burdened because parents are having to manage their jobs their homes and the children so we started a series of positive parenting workshops <laughs> and Lovely. that was something that really helped parents we actually you know we had our psychologists our counselors talk to the parents and ask you know, what is it that you want to know? How do you manage children? Why, how, what is good screen time? What is bad screen time? So many, so much information which exists, which is not, in, which is incorrect and which can be very, um, you know, can drive anxiety levels because parents think, oh, if I say no, will the, will the child do something extreme? There's a lot exactly. of fear psychosis. And there is also a lot of, uh, you know, this thing that do I, does this mean good parenting means you just give everything to your child? So, you know, being able to uh, empower parents was also our important, uh, you know, step that we took, very conscious step we took. And that really helped in building this, making this partnership between school and parents everlasting. Because right. I think what we went through together has brought us so close and they understand our challenges, we understand their challenges. And we realized that if we want the child to progress, it has to be only with, by partnership. So that's the second thing. And third thing, which, uh, you know, is also extremely critical, whether offline or online teaching is professional development of teachers. So we made sure that our teachers feel very, very equipped to deal with these circumstances. So creating, um, you know, a, a, a platform for them to be able to express their emotional needs as well, because they're also going through, then also giving them extra professional development, investing in their professional development okay. at a time when, most schools were, you know, putting all these things to halt. We said, no, this is where we need to put our budget. We have to make sure that teachers have tech training, not once. Every month we must have tech training. Every month we must have subject enhancement training. So all of these actually left us much more powerful than we were before pandemic. And as a school, we have really evolved. And that's why we are among the top uh, schools in India. We are ranked among the top schools because... We also had the patronage of, uh, not, not patronage, I would say we are part of North Anglia. So North Anglia, the kind of perspective we get by being part of an international organization also helped us in managing the situation because we had a lot of people who are experts in different fields guiding us. So we had a lot of backing in that sense. And uh, yeah, we, we've emerged stronger and really we can, can take on more challenges even if the future we, we've accepted the future is uncertain and we we are ready to face it and and ride the wave 
Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's lovely, right? Because a lot of us, um, you know, me included, um, felt overwhelmed the first time this happened, right? I mean, there's just too many changes to handle. Um, different ways of dealing with people as well. I mean, relationships changed, right? So even day-to-day -day management at the school would have drastically changed given that you're not allowed to come in or, you know, you, you get... I, I mean, that would have been a big change as well, right? From the management point of view. Um, yeah. Yeah. While I, while I looked like I have it all together and I had, you know, it wasn't that easy. It's just that when in retrospect, you look back, you feel like, yes, you won't pat yourself on the back. And also it's because of so much collaboration between different stakeholders. That, that is very important. But uh, overwhelming, yes. And uh, as a principal... I'm doing the twin roles of principal and director. So, you know, you realize that you have to have unfailing optimism because even if things are going wrong, you have to keep on diverting people's attention to what can possibly go right. You have to keep on infusing hope. It is overwhelming. It was over, you know, there are many um, uh, children who lost their family members, um, uh, teachers who lost uh, people in the family. Uh, I had myself difficulties in my own family. So it's not to say that um, there weren't challenges or, oh, everything was hunky-dory. No, it wasn't. It definitely wasn't. It's still, we are still, some people are still emerging from it. But having said that, I think um, there was a lot of clarity at all times. There was a lot of uh, stableness, a steadiness, because of having a long-term vision about things, also having a certain backing and uh, training and also knowing that these relationships are bringing us closer together. So yes, emotionally very draining at times, especially in the second wave, I think <laughs> very yes. draining. We also had people who, uh, you know, even in now, for example, when we are coming back, we are getting sudden resignation also because people who have moved to their places, they're okay doing virtual teaching but they don't want to come back to where they the city they left because there's nobody no family there so what i what i want to say is that i don't think challenges are ever going to go whether even if we go back fully to school when was when was running a school not challenging <laughs> in which day and age i don't think so so that's fine we we we, we learn we face we cope we get better and stronger yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think it's very well said. <laughs> Challenges just come in different forms. I don't think it ever, uh, you know, it just morphs into something else. Uh, but you know, there is, I'm very interested in uh, to know a little more from your perspective. Uh, can you tell any one process change that happened in the school because of the pandemic that you think has made the, any process more efficient as a management perspective? And there's another perspective I'd like to hear, but you've already touched upon it, but this is the first one. Like, perhaps technology has improved uh, a particular process in the office? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Okay, so for example, we've made some, um, you know, very conscious changes in the HR processes. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, bringing about empathy and understanding different circumstances, being patient, uh, being flexible in our approach to our employees. And so that was, and then another process change we made is we made a decision that we will not cut salaries at a mm. time when most people were, you know, feeling that threat that, uh, you know, whether we'll have our next month's salary, we assured all our employees, no matter what. So the senior leadership, we voluntarily took a pay cut for six 
three, three to six months, but we made sure that neither our drivers nor our housekeeping nor our teachers at any time, this established a very strong culture and a sense of belonging for our employees. So this was a very conscious HR process change. And the second thing was, of course, in, in the use of technology, uh, we realized that every up until the pandemic, people were using technology based on their preferences. Okay, so they were using it to some extent, not using it. But we had to bring a certain parity because now technology was a medium to, to deliver True. the curriculum. True. So making sure that uh, we take all, all levels of experience. So the more experienced a teacher is, the less they might become open to change because they have their ways of doing things and they've been achieving results through that. Sure. So they don't see why we should change. So, you know, um, for example, I brought in town hall meetings, weekly town hall meetings where we met, I would meet online the entire admin and academic teams and we would talk about what are the changes, how we can bring it about, show examples, share experiences. So that was a certain process change which took a lot of time and energy and reinforcement but it, it really, really helped in, in, uh, in delivering results for the organizations, even in the academic results that we achieved. That's lovely. And you know, you've yeah. upon this before, but I'm going to come back to it. So apart from academics, education programs, student assessment, you know, the paramount need has emerged is you, you preserve student motivation, engagement and interest. Um, and uh, it's not only just during school hours, it's also after, because it's a continuous engagement that you're trying to do, right? Towards this, how is the teaching fraternity upskilled itself? In this particular concept, it could be pedagogical changes. Maybe you've rethought the curriculum or you rethought the way yeah. technology can reach the children. So that's something about yeah. it. Yeah. I'm glad you asked that question. So we are an IB continuum school. Uh, so we are part of a board which is extremely progressive and one of the most revered boards in the world right now. So we got a lot of help from them in terms, you know, they created a platform where a lot of uh, resources were provided to teachers and a lot of resource sharing happened so that people are not reinventing the wheel or doing things from the scratch because there are things which are happening across the world which can be utilized. So it made the flavor of the teaching very international in that sense. And it also enabled teachers because it reduced their work. It um, definitely, uh, one is being part of the board and the other in terms of being understood that you cannot replicate offline teaching in online. For example, selecting uh, what can be taught, what needs to be, you know, for, for the time being parked aside, uh, rethinking the examination, communicating with the examination board constantly to see how things are moving. Uh, being, you know, um, reminding ch children that internal assessments at this time are critical and, um, you know, teaching academic honesty uh, and, uh, you know, enhancing that policy uh, and making all stakeholders aware of it, bringing in tools to implement academic honesty, because that's one thing to teach the philosophy, another thing to ensure that Actually, it doesn't happen. Yes, in so practical. We, yeah, so we have Turnitin, uh, you know, where we all, all uh, submissions first uploaded there to check the NEs, then plagiarism, then counseling children who unknowingly plagiarize. They don't even know that they're plagiarizing right. sometimes. They know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but educating everyone about it, uh, even teachers when they make their own presentations, so everything. So there's so many areas that had to be um, 
you know, scrutinized and uh, a, a different approach had to be developed to ensure that uh, teaching and learning academic excellence is ensured. And <laughs> few things we did, which were quite, we had never imagined we'd be able to do. Like we actually held a virtual sports day last year. So, no. so, so our parents were so happy because we gave the <laughs> fitness goals and we, we asked children to record themselves doing exercises. We had, so who would have ever imagined a virtual sports day is possible? We decided we will not compromise on any calendared events, be it cultural, be it sports, be it literary festival, code festival, everything we did in the calendar and we did our online teaching so <laughs> that's that's, that's the kind of commitment our teachers showed our teachers are excellent no absolutely i mean um, so my daughter um, had her pe classes online which is quite uh, interesting to see <laughs> I'm so glad that she actually was active uh, be it you know squats or running around i didn't care what it was right it's not a, a game but the fact that you know uh, physical health has also been given equal importance. I think that this time by the teachers as well, I think it's very, very important because we tend to forget that we're sitting in front of a computer for hours on end. And for young children or even older children, it's exhausting, not only from the teacher's perspective, but just the student's perspective to introduce these kind of sports and say, hey, you know what? Space is no restriction. Um, it, it's a beautiful message to get across to these guys that you know you keep going and doing what you're doing. Um, and artists, I understand because most artists, we have very restricted spaces. So, um, you know, last year uh, during COVID, uh, I introduced a series of limited spaces, but limitless hope, right? And it was awesome because each of these artists brought in something with a very small space. I mean, they're all, they've lost spaces to dance or, you know, practice their, whatever they're doing. And, uh, you know, some of them were in their kitchen, some of them between two sofas. And it was fascinating to see they didn't give up what they wanted to do. Yeah. They just changed right. lives and they adapted, right? That's what really hits you that we are so resilient. Uh, oh, yeah. You uh, nailed it with that. I, actually, that's true. People did not stop. They just adapted. Exactly. And that's what I think uh, we all have done. We've understood that you have to, I think resilience level, resilient levels have gone up. There's skyrocketed <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> I mean, it's like, bring it on right now. You know, it's like, let, let's see what you yeah. can throw. But, you know, um, so this sort of comes to where I want to go next, right? Um, we've talked about physical health and you mentioned briefly about the mental well-being for students as well. And I think that is really, really important given the very trying times that they've gone through. And we've lost, unfortunately, quite a few students as well. So from to, you know, assessing technology, to balancing domestic issues, you know, teachers have been very physically and mentally stressed. Um, it's not because they've, it's, it's a, the world has changed the way they teach for a lot of them. So what can schools do, in your opinion, uh, you know, some specific initiatives or steps that you might have taken uh, in yeah. schools to support teachers you know, not only a socio, but emotional well-being in these very trying times, right? It could, it could even be perhaps different trainings that you offer or upskilling or even psychological counseling or other measures that you think need to be done or were done, but there are other ideas that you, you can also suggest. Absolutely, yeah. So, Mridula, one very important thing which I live by and which I always share with my parents, teachers and students is the importance of inward focus. 
because the more inward looking we are the easier it becomes to manage the outside unfortunately our upbringing social conditioning our schooling when we attended school was such that it's all about the outside uh, we are taught manners in school how to do things outside but we are not taught how to think how to be able to manage our thoughts how to create positive thoughts how to uh, understand others how to uh, you know be compassionate you know it's all like people will do social causes outside but it's more for a resume building it's very superficial at times and you when you talk to them you realize this so the most important thing is self care before we do anything outside because you See. can't serve from an empty vessel first thing you have to do is be full inside and for that i absolutely recommend i think it is it should not be a choice it should be something which is compulsory in everybody's lifestyle which is meditation we must start our day in the morning with a little meditation it's just that many people don't know how to meditate and they think that oh it's about stopping your thoughts or it's about concentration it's you know they try these little gimmicks that are available on the internet which are not always authentic and they you know they give up too soon or they look for very instant results whereas these things you know calming your mind down which is racing constantly let me ask you a question if you were running mridula from morning to evening what will happen and complete burnout exhaustion burnout Absolutely that's burnout. exactly that's exactly what's happening to the mind we are just racing from one thing to the other one thing you know our minds are just racing so our ability to make decisions our ability to cope with disappointments our ability to actually um, you know be a little uh, tolerant is just fading away because little 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 things lead to major decisions you know suicide in children has risen so badly exactly and parents also lose their temper you know they temp- losing temper seems justified when i when i talk to parents or students they say but you know anger is the way to get things done and I actually it isn't so i was talking to my teachers we i'm going to put boards around my school which says anger free zone nobody <laughs> can get angry <laughs> the moment you get angry you cross the line to the side of madness and now Absolutely. your decision making has gone your logic your reasoning everything has gone So the first thing for emotional need, uh, you know, well-being is that you need to take care of yourself. You have to meditate. You have to learn uh, a lifestyle where there is a gap between action and response, not action and reaction all the time. <laughs> right. And that can only happen with a certain level of commitment. That every day, just like we clean our bodies every day, we have to clean our minds every day, and that's what meditation does. It helps you to cut this constant imposition of the outside into the inside. your inside becomes when it flowers it flourishes the outside you know you i'm sure you've seen it when your mood is good the world is good and your mood is bad <laughs> everything seems to be going against me when my mood is bad and uh, yeah. and then see i think also anger is is a unfortunately a, a, a way of expressing an internal turmoil so just the fact that you may not be able to deal with certain issues or you're upset with certain issues instead of Uh, you know releasing it in a very positive way we bottle it up and at some point it bursts open as rage and the reaction is never positive from the opposite side because it hurts or you know you, you get another form of rage from another child so i i completely agree and for teachers especially with you know suddenly technology being ramped up uh, the children not being in front of them right i mean there's no smile in class there's no chatter in class it's just you sitting in front of a screen 
And for most teachers, they're also balancing family who's also at home, which is even crazier because, you know, the housework or, you know, kids sitting in other rooms. In my house, we all have a corner and we all stick to our corner because that's the only way we survive. Um, we all are having our screens on and, you know, the teachers want the videos on. Those must have been really challenging for the teachers, right? I mean, it, it, it was a huge, uh, you know, upward curve that they had to learn. And that would have affected yeah. them quite a bit. Yeah, quite right. So my slogan for all teachers was affection is more important than perfection. You have to constantly allow things not to happen as per your expectation exactly. You have to let it go sometimes. If you are not feeling up to it, please inform your RM. Just don't take class that day. Don't answer calls after a certain time. Like, I, you know, I... I Quite to the contrary, I tell my teachers and my staff in school that if you're not able to finish your time on time, uh, you know, or your work on time and you're staying back after school hours, that is an indication of, in, in, you know, inefficiency. Finish work and don't go on carrying it in your head all the time. So that's what I have, you know, even when we were doing this, when we would, I would meet teachers online or whatever, we also created a lot of virtual, um, you know, um, good um, social well like we had a virtual staff room we had virtual social meetings where we allow teachers to express their um, challenges and how we can support them so there was a lot of flexibility in terms of understanding their situation also like I said this you know uh, we took a lot of suggestions from teachers and parents like um, I brought about a change in the timetable so we had wellness Wednesday so mm -hmm. Monday Tuesday very intense Wednesday, half day after that, people are socializing, meeting, gardening. They were teaching baking, learning baking, <laughs> and there are lots of funny photos and everything. So that, and then again, we go back you know, to catching up on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Nobody can disturb anyone. Nobody is reaching out unless there is some virtual uh, meeting uh, for PTM or something like that, and that also first designated hours. So teachers had the freedom of choice. That right. yes, they don't have to feel like, unlike what I used to hear these horror stories that they are having to, you know, cater to parents and, uh, you know, their school staff after school hours into the night and all that. I always discourage that. And uh, so we have a certain culture where people, it's very important that they are, what I keep saying is you cannot be happy after doing something. While doing something, be happy and what you will do is very good. So that is the way we function. <laughs> and yes, uh, there were teachers who had to go through very critical times. Like we, you know, we made a lot of exceptions. Even when we were open, a teacher was in another place and she cannot travel. So we said, okay, fine. And we made the parents understand that no, she cannot travel and she has to take virtual classes for the time being. So yes, teacher well-being, because happy teachers means happy students. So if teacher is if teacher is in a bad mood, how will she ever teach well? <laughs> so you have to keep that in mind and uh, you know create your processes around it. And there is a lot of work we did around that. So you know having you know looking after their emotional needs, letting them express their challenges to us, being the link between teachers and parents, and minimizing the friction. Sometimes the relationship is very good. There is nothing to be done. Sometimes parents just start picking, especially when they were seeing online, this teacher's accent is not good. This teacher is not doing this right. This teacher does not ask my child a question. <laughs> that level of interference is also there. 
but uh, then we had to talk to teacher and make her understand that for the parent you know he's he or she is feeling is my child not getting enough attention and that's how you are feeling let's see how we can bring these things together let's be solution oriented so yeah you have to constantly so communication i think is the 21st century skill that all <laughs> school leaders have have enhanced during this time because you have to keep on you cannot over communicate at such a time you have to keep on communicating people keep bringing people together and that's the way to go forward no that's absolutely lovely i mean it's um, you're so spot on because um, i think the biggest skill that we have learned is uh, you know when we take certain things for granted because we see people in person and you know this is fine but this pandemic especially for schools has brought in parents into the classrooms and that is a huge change both for the teachers as well as the students themselves and um, forget you know parents walking in the background i'm not talking about that at all but it's just the fact that you know, they are right there when the classes are happening so they, they see their perspectives are very different from what a teacher might see right and those kind of challenges are not something that we expected at all on online and mm-hmm. has helped us learn quite a bit um but i'm just glad that you know people have recognized mental health as mm-hmm. um and i think we we sort of come back to um you know managing whatever issues we have had or challenges we have had but the fact that we are able to bring back as much as possible to you know normalcy i think that is a huge shout out to teachers and um you know all academicians for that matter and uh, i'm just so glad uh, it's been so wonderful talking to you i'm sure we can <laughs> but uh, you know you the have sentiment is mutual ridula that's so sweet of you but and it's really been lovely because uh, you you've been open and upfront on a lot of things and i don't uh, hold back on my questions as well so i'll keep prodding um, till i get you know what i really want to get from you but it's been such a joy talking to you and i'm really glad that uh, you know you've thought about so many different angles it's very easy to get overwhelmed um and to just say this is what we can do and restrict ourselves but to keep broadening what is possible takes a lot of courage i think not just innovation but a lot of courage because you're trying something new and can fail and you are being guided by very good people also i've had a lot of support from my seniors my managing director also teachers they have given such fantastic ideas parents have given such good ideas there have been such good student initiatives i think all you have to do as a school leader is to create an environment for good ideas to flourish <laughs> you don't have to do much <laughs> no but that is a lot of work palan oh, that's a great idea that's a great idea i just took ideas <laughs> no but you have to create an environment right to get <laughs> not everybody can so that is a huge skill set um and i Thank think you. as a leader you need that skill set to develop people and allow them that space um so that you know they feel comfortable coming to you with ideas i can have thousand ideas but i might say i don't really know she's open to all of them and you know what if she shoots my idea down there there's always this trepidation before we come and talk to people right a new ideas so we created that environment so i'm so glad thank you so much palavi that's so sweet of you to come and thank talk. you ridula have a superb day <laughs> thank you, you too thank you